Welcome to a patient safety podcast from Crico. Crico is the group of companies providing medical professional liability malpractice coverage and patient safety services to the Harvard medical community. Hello, welcome to our third and final installment in a series looking at the risk when a specialty referral fails in the ambulatory setting. According to estimates, as many as half of specialty referrals are not fully completed. In a study of medical malpractice cases asserted in the Harvard system between 2006 and 2015, 46 cases involved referral breakdowns with an incurred cost of $11 million. In 83% of those cases, the harm to the patient was categorized as severe. In late 2017, Harvard's medical malpractice and patient safety company, Crico, published a white paper in conjunction with the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. It is called Closing the Loop, a Guide to Safer Ambulatory Referrals in the Electronic Health Record Era. To support release of that guide, the two organizations hosted a webinar at the beginning of 2018. One of the presenters was Dr. David Ting, an internist and pediatrician in Boston and the chief medical information officer for the Massachusetts General Hospital Physician Organization. Dr. Ting also co-authored the Closed Loop Referral Guide, and he joins us now. Thank you for being here, David. Thank you so much. It's a real privilege and a pleasure to be here. What's, what's happening to patients when this goes wrong? Yeah, it's really concerning when the referral loop is broken because at any point along that closed loop process, patients and information and patient care can fall through the cracks. And so to give you some examples, right up front, when the decision is made to refer the patient to the specialist's office, there's a communication gap that can happen where the pass-off of information from the referring doctor to the consultant doesn't happen. Or it's not clear to the referring physician or to the patient whether it's the patient's responsibility to arrange the appointment or whether it's the expectation that the specialist office will contact the patient. Uh, When those expectations aren't set right up front, even the simple matter of having the patient connect with the specialist can be a, a break point. At other points in the, in the loop, uh, having the patient schedule that appointment and then show up becomes another point of potential missed opportunity. So for instance, uh, who's tracking whether or not the patient shows up at the uh, specialist office? And if the patient fails to show up for that appointment, whose responsibility is it to then follow up and ensure that the patient is getting the care that they need? Once the patient's been seen, how do we ensure that the appropriate information and the right kind of information is passed from the referring doctor to the specialist? How can we ensure that the specialist has not only the amount of information, but understands what the question is that's being asked by the referring physician? And then after the patient's been seen, how do we ensure that the results of that consultation are communicated back to the referring physician communicated back to the patient and communicated back to members of the team or the patient's family who need to then act on those recommendations. And then finally, how do we ensure that those recommendations are actually executed on? So you can imagine all along that that loop of the referral process, there can be breakpoints. And those are the sort of challenges that we as clinicians and as healthcare organizations are very eager to try to solve and improve. 
behind all of those steps and all of those needs that you were talking about, you've probably seen uh, reflected some malpractice cases where, you know, the patient's sitting in the specialist room and the specialist and the patient don't seem to know why and they're doing, you know, screening things when they should be doing diagnostic things and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we know from the work of Crico as a for instance, that the vast majority of malpractice cases and claims come in the ambulatory space. And a big proportion of those have to do with referrals and the lack of proper communication within that referral process. So it's a, it's a real concern. And how did you uh, set out to understand what it is that has to happen to change it? I mean, everybody in practice probably has a, a theory or an idea. This was a project that really sought to understand the problem so that you could come up with solutions that would actually work to fix the problem, right? Absolutely. And, and in fact, I'm, I'm so grateful to CRICO as well as uh, IHI and PSF for bringing together a group of experts from across the country to look at this question. And so, as you know, last summer, a group of uh, about two dozen folks who are very interested and uh, committed to improving the referral process were able to come together in a collaborative way to talk through what actually are the steps in the referral process. And then with each of those steps, can we do a failure mode analysis to identify how things can break uh, at each point along that referral loop? And then once we've identified the failure modes, how can we address those using the available technology in today's EHRs, but also to work with vendors to discover ways and maybe collaborate on ways to improve today's EHRs to make the referral loop even tighter. Now, you've been very close to trying to understand the problem and appreciate what the problem is. You've been looking at malpractice claims and things like that and and trying to figure out solutions. Do you think the typical day-to-day practitioner uh, understands their vulnerabilities here, understands what the problem is, if there even is one, or how to do anything about it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Given the the levels of anxiety among uh, clinicians about medical malpractice risks, I think it's very clear that practitioners are worried about patient care falling through the cracks, about patients not getting the appropriate studies done, not getting the appropriate uh, workup. The anxiety around medical malpractice, that's very real. And you add to that the concern about patient safety and about the quality of patient care, that also is very real to the frontline physician and provider. And the frustration, of course, is when there's inconsistency in the referral process. Uh, And I'm talking about inconsistency between institutions, but even within an institution, there's inconsistency from one practice to another and from one department to another. And when there aren't the consistencies in process and expectations all through the referral loop, that engenders a tremendous amount of frustration and anxiety on the part of the uh, clinicians right on the front line because you can't know to trust that when you send a patient to a colleague to be evaluated that the patient will actually get all the, the appropriate care that they need. And there's almost nothing more unsettling than that as a frontline clinician. Yeah, I'm, I understand. What do you think 
or what do you hope will be the outcome of uh, publishing and and promoting this these guides? Ah, so there are a, a couple of different levels of hope that comes out of this work. On the one level is raising the awareness that first of all, closing the referral loop is a patient safety priority area and should be a priority area. And related to that, closing the referral loop can be done. And the second hope is that it can be done if everyone gets on the same page about setting expectations, understanding best practices, and creating processes, technologies, and etiquette that promote closing that referral loop. And so my second hope is that by broadcasting the white paper at a national level, that we actually create a culture in our country around the referral process, so similar to the way that when you go into any OR, there's now an expectation around the use of checklists for for patient safety. Or if you go into a laboratory environment, there's an expectation around certain quality controls around, uh, around labs and lab results. And closing the lab test result loop is more and more of an expectation. My hope is that as a healthcare culture, we will begin to think about the referral loop with the same reflex of closing it the right way with expectations set both on the referring physician side and the specialty consultant side, that would be a big win. And I think by so doing, we really have an opportunity to improve the way patients are cared for throughout the country. Thank you, David. Dr. David Ting, an internist and pediatrician in Boston and the CMIO for the Massachusetts General Hospital Physician Organization. Dr. Ting also co-authored the Closed Loop Referral Guide, which is available at the IHI website, www.ihi.org. I'm Tom Agello. This has been a patient safety podcast from Crico. Crico is the group of companies providing medical professional liability malpractice coverage and patient safety services to the Harvard medical community. More information about Crico and efforts in the Harvard system to create the safest healthcare in the world is available on our website, www.rmf.harvard.edu.